Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Right now, in light of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, other than medical care, food is one of the most critical things that people need. And with diagnosed cases increasing every day and restrictions on what stores and services can continue to operate, the services that are called upon in a crisis are critical. For hundreds of thousands of South Floridians, food is a daily crisis even when there's no pandemic. Now, people who are ordinarily fine are struggling as jobs are lost and they can no longer count on their regular paycheck. The organization that has been with us and here for us all along is jumping right ahead to accommodate the extra need, Feeding South Florida. I am so happy to welcome Executive Director Sari Vatsky. First of all, how are you feeling? Uh, we're good. We're, we're good. Uh, the, the team is, is really keeping everyone energized. We're in good spirit. We appreciate our, our call to serve, and, and that's what we're focused on. You obviously have had to make changes because of restrictions in how many people can gather and concerns about touching every surface. What kind of accommodations are you making to be sure that the food that gets out there is safe and that you and your employees and volunteers are safe? Well, Feeding South Florida has instituted a couple of things. Certainly for our team, we've instituted safety policies. So we have a no-touching policy. Um, we do have, you know, if you're sick, work from home or stay home. You know, you have to return to work with uh, doctor's permission. Um, if tests are available, we're asking folks to make sure that they go and are tested. Um, then we have sanitary wipes and, and increased uh, supplies around the office to wipe down surfaces, washing hands once an hour. All the traditional things that the CDC is recommending. Uh, we have additional signage throughout our facility and in our volunteer room. You know, we are making sure that people are staying uh, the recommended distance. We have gloves. We have additional sanitation. So we're really following all the recommended guidelines. And you've made some accommodations for how you actually distribute the food too, right? We have. We've not only transitioned all of our distributions to drive-throughs, but we've sent information to all of our partner agencies, encouraging them to do the same. We do continue to serve people out of our pantries on site, but we have moved our own distributions um, and client services to curbside as well. So, you know, we've seen these constant, in the last couple of weeks, pictures of people just going crazy inside supermarkets. Shelves are empty. I've seen people with stacks and stacks of meat and chicken as if they are afraid that there will be no more food available ever. <laughs> um, but there's a supply chain that's still in place, right? There is a supply chain that's still in place, um, but it is being impacted. I think that there are global questions about the supply chain, um, and, and there is an incredible amount of need on a regular basis. So when there is what we are seeing as panic buying, that, that does not help the situation. Um, and I think some of the panic buying that we're seeing is people that, that might be able to support themselves in the long term. And so it's making it a little difficult to be able to support those in need in the long term. Uh, we rely on on retail donations and support, and there's really been nothing, you know, at the end of the day. So the retail donations are down, and you know, we're we're just looking at the global uh, supply chain in general. How can people help you? Is money still a viable, helpful donation right now? 
monetary donations continue to be the best way to support. For every dollar donated, we can provide seven meals, and we do have a, a match campaign up to $250,000. So every dollar donated does turn into 14 meals, and we are looking at having to purchase food. Um, but our economies of scale and ability to do that um, is much greater than individuals donating. And we would usually ask you know, people to help with food, but for security and safety reasons, um, we're not sure that, that we're really able to take that at this time. So okay. definitely financially is the best way to support. And for that, donations are available at your website. Yes, feedingsouthflorida.org, and you click Donate Now. Okay, now you have a lot of information on the website on what you're doing to help, the safety protocols you're taking, and you're still accepting volunteers to help with all of the sorting and distribution. What are you expecting of them to be sure that they are also safe? Well, we are asking them, of course, if they don't feel well, to stay home. Even if if they're coughing and it's unrelated, please stay home, simply because that concerns other people um, and it might deter them from volunteering. So even if it is allergies, that that is a heightened sense of of fear right now. So we don't want that to scare anyone away. Um, We are asking that everyone follows the Center for Disease Control prevention guidelines, washing hands, avoiding touching eyes, you know, sneeze, cover your mouth, all those things, and that they use gloves and sanitizer. We have changed our volunteer waiver. Um, that does have a statement in there. It's a self-attestation that they have not traveled. Um, and to the best of their knowledge, they are symptom-free. So you do still need volunteers. You do still need donations. And what's happening with your relationships with the cupboards and pantries throughout South Florida that you normally depend on? We are continuing to support them. And, and that's something we want to make sure that everyone knows and understands is that we are supporting our pantries. So there are still organizations providing help in people's communities. Um, we've seen a, about a 25% closure, but for the most part, that means 75% are, are still open and serving. Okay. Now, what about the uptick in people who are needing food who didn't used to need assistance? And they're probably completely new to the system. What guidance can you give them? First of all, we want to share that that there are services to provide assistance. Uh, We know this is not an easy time and it can be overwhelming, um, but there are resources in place to help people and they can call our uh, client services department. Um, There's also a form on our website that people can register and one of our team members will return their call and and we'll ask them where they live and we'll give them a referral to an agency in their area or if they're closest to us, we will invite them to one of our pantries. And what about the actual content of the food distribution? Has that had to change? Are there shortages of certain products? The content is evolving. So each distribution is different. You know, it's, we work off donations, so it's, it's hard to predict what the content will be. Um, we are still continuing to get produce and perishable items, so we are trying to distribute those. I, I guess the positive of the situation is that we have not lost power, right? So it's, yes. it's not like we just need to distribute shelf-stable. Um, so, so we can distribute, you know, healthy, uh, fresh food as well. Okay. And then when you said that you can actually purchase food, you have these economies of scale. I know people are thinking, well, can I purchase food from your sources? Uh, Those who are afraid that there won't continue to be food, which there will. I'm going to say it again. There will be food. But where are you getting your food from? Uh, It's from all over the country. So as part of the Feeding America Network, uh, we're fortunate to work with, you know, various vendors and suppliers. and, And we're able to tap into that national network. And so it's really from all over. I am amazed at how quickly 
you at Feeding South Florida were able to make the changes and the accommodations necessary in a crisis like this. Is this something that you had prepared for in advance? You had emergency plans? Because it's different from our usual hurricane situation. It is different. Food banks uh, in general, I think we pride ourselves on on being nimble and flexible and responsive and prepared. Um, and although we do prepare for natural disasters and we've even prepared for government shutdowns, I, I don't think anyone could prepare for this. So a lot of it is logistics uh, instinct. Um, a lot of it is relying on the support of our network and, and best practices from 200 of our sister food banks. And, and a lot of it is, is really figuring out as we go. But, but the nature of what we do on a daily basis is so rapid and it, it requires to be so fluid that this just really heightens that. So we're, we're fortunate that we're able to respond in that way. Now, we know um, one of the big concerns initially was with schools closed, many children got their only hot meal, sometimes their only meal each day from school. And now I understand the schools are continuing to feed, you know, provide meals, but not everyone has a way to get there. Do you have any guidance for that? We have seen that to be a, a struggle. The, the biggest area of opportunity that I think we as a community have um, is really around getting food to homebound seniors. Um, I think as in any case with, with a crisis or a national disaster, what you see is I, I think it highlights sort of systemic breakdowns. And on a regular basis, you know, there's not enough uh, food being delivered to seniors that are uh, aging in place to help them do that. So I think we're seeing a heightened sense of that now. And our fleet is not set up for last mile delivery. So that's something we're trying to figure out and, and work with people to do. Um, there are organizations that are doing that. They are maxed just as well. Um, so it's something we have to figure out together. One of the things that I've seen going around on Facebook is people suggesting leaving gift bags, essentially, goodie bags, food on people's doorsteps, particularly seniors who uh, may not be able to get out of the house and, of course, are most at risk. Is that something that you can give us a guideline on how to do it most safely? That's not necessarily our wheelhouse. Okay. Um, Okay. I, I, I think if people are doing that on their own, I you know, the kindness of humanity, um, I think is always highlighted during these times. And I think if people are going and doing that, you know, we certainly don't want to dissuade people from helping fellow man. I would say that, that if that is happening and we are able to activate a response, we want to make sure that we're not duplicating efforts. So no, I mean, I, I, I think if people are trying to help each other, it's, you know, people trying to keep their spirits up is great. And I would gather that the same recommendations that the CDC has has given to everyone about the washing your hands for 20 seconds at a time frequently, don't touch your face, cough in your elbow, use a tissue, throw the tissue away in a lined garbage can, uh, everything like that if you are preparing food for someone else as a gift to do the same thing, or even if you're putting cans of food into a basket, wipe them down with the sanitizer and then you can leave it at someone's front door. Um, on your website, you have links to the Centers for Disease Control, the Florida Department of Health, and the World Health Organization. So I would say feedingsouthflorida.org is a great resource for everything you want to know about this. And also uh, the information for applying for assistance. Have the requirements changed? The requirements have, uh, the, the restrictions on the income eligibility guidelines have been uh, lessened. So uh, we certainly understand that this is an increased time of need. 
the Department of Agriculture has responded very well. They've been great partners in this. They're trying to ease restrictions as much as possible. So I, I think that there is a, a community effort. And really for us, anyone in need of assistance, it, it is self-declaration and we're here to provide that. Now, you have multiple locations where people can both volunteer to sort food and pick up food. Let's start with the volunteering. Where do you need the volunteers most? We need the volunteers the most at our main warehouse in Pembroke Park and at our Boynton Beach facility that's in Palm Beach County. And as we continue to do distributions in the community, even if it's setting up drive throughs or setting up summer break spots, we will need volunteers out in the field as well. So that's that's really we wanted to share with people that, that we are taking those precautions. We don't know how long we're going to be able to rely on volunteers. So we're, we're having a look at contingency plans for that, too. And then you used to have regular days and times where people could come to the warehouses to pick up food. Has that changed? No, our schedule is still the same with our pantries. Um, we do ask if people can try and make an appointment as much as possible. Our team members are getting um, overwhelmed. Just to give you an idea, we usually see around 12 people a day, and yesterday we saw 56. Wow. Um, so people that are coming out in need of assistance, we're, we're asking them to, to understand that our team is working as hard as they can and to please help try and, and keep it coordinated so that we can help everybody. What's the phone number for anyone who wants to volunteer, anyone who is in need of food assistance, and any of the pantries who want to check in with you to be sure that they are coordinated with you? Well, our phone number is 954-518-1818, and our website is feedingsouthflorida.org. Is there anything else that we need to know about what you're doing and uh, how you are staying in touch with Feeding America to be sure that the food makes its way here to South Florida? We continuously coordinate with Feeding America. We're also working with our state association, Feeding Florida. Uh, there's 12 Feeding America food banks in the state that we're working with. And we will continue to keep people posted of our efforts and changes on our social media. The environment is changing rapidly. So we're just trying to get as much info out there as fast as possible. And um, just to clarify, you are only doing food, not toilet paper. <laughs> Correct. We are only focused on food at this time. Okay. And I want to remind people that toilet paper will also continue to be produced and will be back on store shelves again. There is no need to hoard a year's worth of toilet paper. So let's share. Let's keep our neighbors in mind as you are doing. I can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are and I wish you health and thank you for all that you're doing for our community. Executive Director of Feeding South Florida. Again, the website feedingsouthflorida.org and the phone number once again is 954-518-1818. Sari Vatsky, thank you so much and again, good luck to you. Thank you very much. So much has changed just since last week with regard to the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. The numbers alone tell the story. One week ago today, there were 680 diagnosed cases of coronavirus in the United States. The daily increase is astonishing. That day alone, we added 737 new cases. Monday, 983. 
Tuesday, 1,748 new cases. On Wednesday, another 2,848. Thursday, 4,530. Friday, 5,594. Today, we're approaching 25,000 cases in the U.S. That's from a week ago being under 1,000 and 300 deaths. Worldwide, there are now more than 300,000 cases diagnosed of coronavirus. One reason for the marked increase is the accessibility of testing for the disease. The other is the community spread. And that is the reason that new regulations have been put in place throughout most of the country, including warnings to people to gather in groups of no more than nine people, to shelter indoors, telework, teleschool, and most businesses other than essential services have been told to close their doors. Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez addressed these changes in a press conference this week. Good morning. Here's the latest information about the new orders I have signed to protect Miami-Dade County residents from the spread of the coronavirus. First, I have ordered the closing of all parks and beaches in Miami-Dade County and in all of our cities today. This applies to all publicly owned and privately run parks, beaches, and recreational facilities under Miami-Dade's jurisdiction. I also signed an order closing all non-essential retail and commercial establishments in our county. Among the non-essential businesses that must close are all casinos. That includes Calder, Casino Miami, Magic City, and Hialeah Park. I've reached out to the Miccosukee Tribe because Miami-Dade County does not have jurisdiction over casinos run by tribes. I'm asking our senior citizens to take personal responsibility and stay away from any large gatherings, whether it's a casino or any other activity. You are at the highest risk of medical complications if you are exposed to COVID-19. Your best protection is to stay home as much as possible. Other non-essential establishments that must shut down include shops, beauty salons, spas, and nail studios, sporting goods stores, bookstores, jewelry stores, malls, boutiques, toy stores, indoor amusement parks, trampoline parks, and driving ranges social clubs, tennis clubs, golf courses, and fishing charters, music stores and arts and craft stores, and pawn shops. I know that it must be frustrating that every day that we have new closures, but it is necessary. We're closing more businesses based on the recommendations of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Those recommendations become more stringent as the number of COVID-19 cases grows. Now you can still buy groceries, get medicines and gas, grocery stores, pharmacies, convenience stores, and gas stations will remain open. Restaurant kitchens will remain open for pickup and delivery only. Everyone should practice social distancing while going about their business at these stores. All medical facilities, doctor's office, banks, child daycare centers, and adult daycare centers can remain open at this time, but always operate by practicing social distancing. The order allows child daycare facilities to operate with certain restrictions. No more than 10 children and teachers in one group. Each group must be in a separate room. Groups must not mix with one another. Also, construction sites and hardware stores may remain open, as well as pet supply stores and any waste management services. You can find the entire list of stores that may remain open and examples of those that must close at miamiday.gov slash coronavirus. If your store or business is not listed with those that may remain open, then you must close. We will be establishing a hotline for residents and business owners who have questions about the status of their store or business. We continue to monitor the shutdown of community service that serve seniors. If you attend one of those centers and need meal delivery, call 311, and we will make sure you get the services you need. I want to thank all of our residents who are doing all they can to help their elderly neighbors who may need a grocery run or a trip to the doctor. It's during difficult times that our community shines. I realize that all these orders uh, can overwhelm people, but they are necessary. 
We have to assume that everybody is carrying uh, the virus and everyone must practice social distancing and follow hygiene recommendations to stop the spread of COVID-19. I continue to work with my senior team and state officials on strategies to avoid the spread of this virus. As we get more testing done, you can expect more positive tests, as is the case with any other virus. At the same time, the vast majority of the people who contract this virus will have mild symptoms. About 15% will be in serious condition and 3% will be critical. Let me repeat, the most susceptible to serious complications from this virus remains those who are over 60 years old and anyone with upper respiratory disease, diabetes, cancer, or autoimmune conditions. Our elderly are the most vulnerable and we are continuing to monitor the situation. I continue to encourage all businesses to have their workers telecommute as much as possible. I will share more information as events develop. Modifications to this order can come at any time. I ask for your patience and understanding as we chart these unknown waters. Please continue to take personal responsibility and follow health guidelines of hand washing and not shaking hands to protect yourself, your loved ones, co-workers, and neighbors. And God bless all of you in Miami-Dade County and help all the people and nations being impacted by this virus. And that was earlier this week from Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez. As another example of just how quickly things change, Mayor Jimenez spoke again yesterday morning with new restrictions to be announced. Thank you for joining me this Saturday morning for the latest information about the new orders I have signed to protect Miami-Dade County residents from the spread of COVID-19. The Florida Department of Health is reporting 658 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of Florida. Miami-Dade County has 142 cases and Broward has 151. This morning, I signed an emergency order to close hotels, motels, and other lodging establishments throughout Miami-Dade County, except in limited cases to help house first responders, displaced visitors, or residents, airline crew members, and patients, families, and journalists from out of town. The exceptions are meant to ensure that only those who absolutely must be in Miami-Dade County because they are helping in this emergency, or those who have nowhere else to go, such as domestic violence victims or stranded visitors. They're able to get a place to stay. Also, short-term vacation rentals must end by March 23rd until further notice. No new nightly or weekly rental agreements can be signed starting Monday. All of this is meant to stem the spread of COVID-19. I have also signed an order stopping the practice of rafting. That's rafting boats together for parting out at sea or in Biscayne Bay. Now, those who own boats and want to enjoy this beautiful Saturday can go out with groups small enough to practice social distancing of six feet between people in their boats. They must not, however, be huddling with other boats. Only in an emergency situation where one boat needs to be towed by another can boats be tied to head back to a marina or dock. Yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis issued an order that set standards for alcohol sales, so I have amended the county order as required by state law to follow the governor's order. So, at this time, liquor stores and gun shops can remain open statewide, according to the governor's executive order 20-71. Also, businesses that are providing services to our cities, the county, the state, or the federal government can continue to operate. Still in effect, Restaurants, bars, and fitness centers, inside hotels, and other lodging establishments will remain closed to ensure we do not have crowded areas and people can practice social distancing. Hotel kitchens can serve food by pickup or delivery, but may not open their dining rooms. All of these closures may mean many businesses are closed and people can't go to work 
unless uh, they can do their jobs by telecommuting. However, federal and state relief is coming for those workers who cannot do their jobs because of this crisis. I am asking business owners not to lay off workers at this time. This is very important because you could lose out on qualifying for federal relief during this emergency. This is a very fluid situation, so please wait a few days until we get clarity on the federal rules on how to proceed. We do not want your business to be penalized and not get the relief that you need. The relief packages from the White House and Congress will help with a weekly compensation for workers and there is a program for small businesses. Miami-Dade County and the Beacon Council are establishing an office to help businesses navigate through the bureaucracy to assure that we get all that we deserve from the federal government and that this help gets to those most in need. On testing sites, things are moving kind of rapidly and more test sites are opening. Miami-Dade County is working with Jackson Health System, the University of Miami, and the City of Miami to establish additional testing sites. We will have more information on this soon. Let me reiterate that we are making decisions based on the latest CDC recommendations which continue to evolve and on the conditions on the ground. This is a situation unlike any other and will likely get worse before it gets better. I'm especially concerned for our senior citizens because they are at the highest risk to have some very serious complications from this virus. We will continue to deliver meals to seniors who can no longer attend community centers. They are receiving meals at their door until this health crisis is abated. If you are a senior that no longer can attend a center where you have received meals, please call 311 and we will get you the services that you need. I'm asking our senior citizens to take personal responsibility and stay away from any large gatherings. You are at the highest risk of medical complications if you're exposed to COVID-19. I want to thank young people who are taking this world pandemic seriously and practicing social distancing. Please keep telling your friends, keep your distance. You may be carrying the virus and spreading it to family members and friends and not even know about it. Despite the closures I announced this week, I want to reiterate that groceries, farmers, pharmacies, convenience stores, and gas stations remain open. All medical facilities, doctor's offices, banks, child daycare centers, and adult daycare centers can remain open at this time, but always operating by practicing social distancing. The order I signed yesterday allows child daycare facilities to operate with certain restrictions. No more than 10 children and teachers in any one group. Each group must be in a separate room and groups must not mix with one another. All the closings in the county apply to all the cities. However, cities can have some stricter rules. Go to miamidade.gov slash coronavirus for the latest updates about closures in our community. As difficult as these last two weeks have been, it's heartening to see our community coming together and people helping one another. Please help your neighbors. We have to assume that everybody is carrying the virus and everyone must practice social distancing and follow hygiene recommendations to stop the spread of COVID-19. We can do this. I will continue to work with my senior team and state officials this weekend on strategies to avoid the spread of this virus. As we get more testing done, you can expect more positive results as is the case with any other virus. I ask for your patience and understanding as we chart these truly unknown waters. Please continue to take personal responsibility and follow health guidelines and hand washing, not shaking hands to protect yourself and your loved ones, your co-workers, and your neighbors. May God bless all of you in Miami-Dade County and help all the people and nations being impacted by this virus. 
Again, that was Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez in a press conference just yesterday. And you can visit the county website for more information anytime at miamidade.gov slash coronavirus. Broward County also has a dedicated page with information about coronavirus. That website is broward.org slash coronavirus. You will also find information at easy93.com, including a regularly updated list of locations in Miami-Dade and Broward counties that are providing drive-up testing for coronavirus, along with the guidelines on minimum requirements to receive testing. Additionally, we have a link to a list of stores that have dedicated specific hours for seniors to shop, including Publix, Winn-Dixie, Target, Whole Foods, Dollar General, and others. As Mayor Jimenez mentioned, the federal government is working on a financial initiative that would help not only businesses, but individuals, too, and will provide that information when the bill is finalized. Two other major financial moves that were made this week. Tax Day has been pushed back from April 15th to July 15th. Also, student loan payments have been suspended for 60 days, along with interest on student loans. And one more notice about the economy. There are actually many jobs becoming available because of the coronavirus and its effects. Publix is hiring about 100,000 people, Walmart hiring about 150,000 people, and you will find links with that information on our Facebook page, Easy 93.1. In the coming weeks, we'll be speaking with doctors, teachers, mental health professionals, and local service providers and charities to bring you as much helpful information as possible to get through this unusual and difficult time. If you have specific questions you'd like us to get answers to, please feel free to email me at ellen at easy93.com, along with any suggestions for topics for Easy's Community Focus. I'm Ellen Jaffe. Thank you for listening. Wash your hands, keep your social distance, and stay well. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for an all-new edition of Easy's Community Focus. Have a great day.